Alright, we are finally live here on Berry Float Upstream number 16. We've been really consistent thus far. This is actually our fourth month doing this straight. We've covered a full quarter. We actually started last quarter and now we're here past another quarter of earnings. I'm here with Chris, Kevin, Ronell, and Alex. And Alex is sporting his BlackBerry Passport. Why don't you show us uh, how that's looking, Alex? Yeah, oh, it's, so. it's, it's, it's locked on me. I'm doing a Lucas. Hold oh, on. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, actually, let me lock on me so I can actually see what the heck I'm showing you guys. So here's the nice little, you know, passport. Nothing too special. Just an awesome passport. And I've been rocking this. Um, can't get it working on Verizon, though, so it hasn't been my main device, but I've been playing with it quite a bit. But we'll touch on that later. Yeah, I do want to talk about the launch event. Did any of you guys happen to watch the live stream or tune in after the fact and watch it? Um, I thought, at least presentation-wise, that they did an awesome job um, on stage showing off the Passport, showing off the S5 and iPhones as well, kind of letting those in the crowd see each device and each experience so they have a good compare and contrast. How did you guys like the live event? I, I want to direct this one at Chris so he can get us started here. I'm sorry, say that again? Did you, Sorry. Did you happen? Did you happen to see the live stream and what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was very well put together. I especially liked when they brought out uh, uh, the guy from Bloomberg and can't think of the other company that was out yeah. there, but it was it was very well done. Definitely a lot better than some other webcasts that happened earlier this month. And I, I think yeah. I think we all can uh, can agree that Vivek can be proud. Jeff Gadway did an awesome job. He was killing it on the stage. It uh, too. Mm -hmm. it, it was weird being like right next to him because I was literally sitting right in front of him in particular when he was doing the demos and you can tell he's nervous, his hands are shaking a little bit when he's going, but he held it together pretty well and he was taking a lot of like, you know, he's swallowing a lot and, you know, just, it, it's, I can't imagine how stressful that's got to be, but he, he really pulled it off really well. Did you guys, did you guys see the fly? There was a fly flying around. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it annoyed the crap out of me. I was like, this is such a great stream. Like, it's almost flawless. That's Apple funny can really you guys saw that. Ground. What yeah, did you I saw that one fly. Oh, look Ooh. at this. Darius Yes, Darius. Perfect. Okay. Put your passports you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Darius and I, awesome. we both have passports. He's been using his as a daily driver, though, so we're really interested to hear yeah. that. Oh. Right now, we're talking passport launch event, Darius. Did yeah. you happen to see the live stream or, or follow it up afterwards? What were your thoughts and impressions? Um, I really thought BlackBerry nailed it, you know, this time around, like, especially, you know, with everything from the press conference. And um, just describing the, you know, inspiration behind the device, you know, yeah, the technical purposes, um, really just giving a good job in terms of its appearance to this specific audience that this device is directed towards. It's, it's not for, uh, well, I don't want to say it's not a for consumers. It's not a pro-consumer device, I will say. And um, pretty much everything that they did, they, they were right on point. I mean, just comparing it side by side to the other flagship devices that are out there that are directed for pro-consumers, um, and letting you know that this isn't your everyday device and this is why you should choose the Passport. Um, even in terms of just, not just the specs, but battery life. I mean, I can testament that um, on my second, possibly third day, still conditioning the battery. I got 19 hours of life out of it. And that's with full brightness, 
active frames um, going, um, a good amount of data usage. Um, just, I mean, the device is a beast. It, it's a beast. Just from the clarity, not just from sound, but audio as well. All across the board, it, it just gets the job done. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the device nonetheless. So, so width-wise, I mean, the biggest qualm that a lot of the tech reviewers, etc., are having with it is that it is very wide. Coming from you know something like a Z30 or a Z10, right? Uh, Alex and uh, Darius, how are you? How are you finding the, the transition over? I know Alex is pretty uh, regular with the developer Alpha C, which is again a smaller yeah. form factor. What, how, what's the transition like? What's the keyboard like? I know a lot of people are wondering: is the learning curve worth it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Ask me, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have been using the Z30. That was my past device. Um, but I did live stream or live tweet the event with my developer Alpha C, which is funny because it does have like the square corners and it's closer to the passport look than the Q10 was. Um, so like the keyboard, it is great and it is a little bit jarring having the V and the B next to the spacebar and only brought up three lines. And I'd say one of the most jarring parts of it all is the fact when you're typing on like a Q10, it's a very, it's a pretty skinny device compared to this. So like your finger, your thumbs moving from left to right, they don't have to move as much distance, but now they have to move a further distance. So if you have smaller hands, it's actually kind of like a workout. And the first day I used my passport, I actually strained my hands a little bit, and I'm like, I'm hoping that it's not going to continue being like this. But it's, it turned out that it's just because my hands were not used to typing on it. And now I can type on it without a problem. My hands don't get hurt or cramp up or anything. But it, there's definitely uh, a learning curve to it, and then it is worth it. And I find myself not even taking advantage of the keyboard and the flicking up and stuff because I forget about it, but then once I start trying it out. So I just need to train myself and get used to it, and I'll get quicker. Um, there's definitely a learning curve, though, and yeah, yeah. So you, you, Darius, you've been using it as a daily driver. Um, are, are you tempted to go back to Altus right now, or are you pretty sold on the passport? Um, I'm pretty sold on the passport. You know, there's certain things that I miss. Um, just I'm, I, I, I was a Z10 user, so I will kind of give you an example of the big thing that the passport will do for you. I use the passport for literally an hour and I was paying my Z10 no mind. Um, I picked up my Z10 and when I used it I instantly squinted and not because <laughs> I can't see it's because with the wider picture I don't really think people really kind of uh, it doesn't really settle with them of how much a wider picture really does in terms of your viewing and how much of an advantage I don't want to call it an advantage but just really just visually how much you can see more. Um, and when I looked at a Z10, I, I'm sure with the Z30 would be a, a, a pretty, you know, more of a different comparison in terms of the view because it's just, it's a bigger handset itself. But with the Z10 particularly, I, it's, it's almost minute to the Passport. Even with it being the same size in terms of length, just the width itself, I mean, it's just... A lot of people have seen the phone, and yeah, I get a lot of, what the hell is that, or that's not a phone, it's a tablet, but they look at it, and one thing they always say is, that's a beautiful device, and man, that screen, they automatically feel like they just need something like it, and just going from one to the other, the learning curve isn't huge, it's just going from an all-touch to a physical device, uh, it takes time. 
Um, as Alex mentioned, you know, in terms of moving around the keyboard, I mean, yeah, moving around with the keyboard and the device itself, it's definitely a two-handed device. There's things you can do one-handed, so I don't want to think you're, you're just handicapped to two hands necessarily. Um, but it's not that device to kind of go on the, uh, to be on the go and trying to do things with one hand. It's, it's really not that. Um, so you do need to give your attention to it with both hands, um, but it's comfortably. Um, I know there's been questions asked and people, you know, saying like, well, is it top heavy or anything like that? Not necessarily. It, it honestly, the weight is distributed throughout the device very evenly. Yeah. It's very comfortably and uh, very comfortable. And I guess depending on your position, if you keep your hands at the very bottom of the device. Uh, like just here necessarily, then yes, it, I mean just holding like this, then yes, it is top heavy. Any large size device would be top heavy in that case. But me personally, I can tell you right now, now this is typically how I hold the device. So the even weight in terms of the distribution of, uh, across the device is is great. You know, it's just it's very solid. Um, the texture on the back, you know, it does have that playbook feel. So. It just feels very good in your hands. It's nothing that is too much about it, and that's what's kind of overwhelming when just looking at the device from afar. But once you see it, it's it's totally complete opposite experience of that. So it's gonna be a winner for a lot of people that aren't necessarily kind of uh, swaying towards going with the passport. But once they touch it and see it, it's like after a day or so, you you don't really want to go with any other devices. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. I do want to. I want to ask Ronell because he's got one as well. What's the experience that you've had with it thus far? I know you've been kind of tinkering around um, with your use with it. Is this something that you think is going to replace an all-touch device for you, Ronell, or are you are you leaning into the passport and really liking what it offers? Uh, you know what? It's a, it's a two-way thing. I'm. I feel like I want to use both of the devices because. The widescreen, like I'm so used to the rectangular screen, right? It's not always this. Not everything fits on the square, but I still miss my Z30 kind of a thing. So I want to use both, but I mean, I've been trying to make the switch to the passport, and so far every day I, I'm using it more and more. I'm starting to like it a lot more than I did at the beginning. So um, overall, it's an awesome device. It's, a, it's definitely an awesome device, and. I might try to switch it, switch straight to it, and not use my Z30 for a week and see how how it goes. You might just jump dive in all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you know what I find oh, interesting? Oh yeah. Should should we talk more about the passport later? Do you think? Because we could talk about it forever. Because like yeah. I want to say some stuff about it, but yeah, let's let's stay with the news and then we'll go to it. Yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about you know some of the other things that we have. It's got a brand new 10.3 OS. It's got a digital assistant, updated runtime, support of Amazon built in natively. How are you guys liking kind of an official version of 10.3 that's actually out there for all of us now? Um, it's just really interesting, I think, from my perspective, to see kind of the innovation that they've put in, focusing on productivity, bringing in signature action and instant actions into the hub. Overall refinements on the OS, I know a lot of us are kind of already playing with 10.3. Uh, Chris, have you loaded 10.3 on your device, and what are your thoughts this far? I do have 10.3 on my device, and it's a, even though the OS that we're currently using, the, the leaked version that a lot of people are running on their BB10 devices, is not optimized for our device, it's still an awesome OS. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with it, and just the whole new appearance of it, the way that the flatter UI, even the icons, the Android runtime, working with four 
4.3, I think it is. Um, it just runs like butter. <laughs> I can't wait till it's optimized and then we actually have that like, true, true uh, oh, yeah. buttery, buttery experience. Kevin, what about you? I know you've got multiple devices. Right now, are you on 10.3 on any of them? What's the OS like for you in your, your trials? I'm on 10.3 on every single one of them. And uh, I, I like the way that uh, on the Z the uh, Z10, it actually makes that device so much more usable. And and I used to just love that device as it was. Then, you know, getting acclimated with the Q10, it's it just feels more comfortable in the hand. Um but that the whole OS experience, to me, it's significantly better right there on on the full touch, or a much bigger screen. I mean, right now the Q10 is just it's it's too small for my my liking of the actual operating system. But everything like Chris is saying, and that that new runtime is significantly faster. Those Android apps just play very well now, and it's uh, I'm just looking for a little bit more cohesion between the two, you know. So right now it's it's almost there, but I think uh, it just needs a little bit more refinement, and we'll, you know. We'll be all We really just want push notifications, you know? Yeah. You know I, I can deal with the, you know, it taking a couple more seconds to launch and maybe you know maybe not a totally, totally native like experience in those Android apps, but if you can bring some of those notifications into the hub on, on a push basis, I think that's kind of the last stopgap that we have to really having it be an integrated part of ROS. Um let's let's speak on Blend a little bit. When we're talking about notifications here, uh, you know, Apple has this continuity thing coming out with Yosemite in October, and yet here in September, BlackBerry is launching Blend officially for Passport users. Um, those who have experienced Blend on their devices, is this something that's going to be of a value addition for you, or do you still think it needs some work? I have you guys used it a lot? Because I can't. I've used it a lot. I can't use it at all. So I can't uh, really I, I've been unsuccessful. Like, I have a Mac, and just for whatever reason, I've been getting a lot of crashes. I mean, it is a beta still, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, it could be some of the issues you're experiencing with it, but I have had a hard time. I've deleted it and re-downloaded, reinstalled it and so on and so forth. I just can't can't use it for whatever reason. Um, definitely give it a try again tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to get around to it today, but... I just haven't had a chance to use it. Okay. Um, I've I. How about you? Yeah, have you used it? Yeah. Okay. I have. I mean, I got a Windows computer. I'm guessing um, for for D, it's probably the Mac version, which is giving a lot of trouble. Um, but the Windows version, I just logged in actually, as you guys said it. And I mean, I like the UI. It's pretty simple to use. I mean. I can't complain. I, I love it. I mean, I haven't had any issues with it so far. So, getting all my access to BBM and text and notifications, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think it's a big step forward, actually, especially for business users. Um, I want to try out on an Android or an iPad, though. I want to see how that would work out, though. But uh, so far, so good. And the connection speed is, has been good for you guys watching it up. It doesn't lag or anything, you know. Alex, how's it been on your end? Yeah, it's been pretty consistent. Um, right now, since I'm not on like the uh, mobile network or whatever, it's just connected through the house's Wi-Fi. And like, if I walk in my room, it's you know connected, and it works really well in that regard. Um, it's actually kind of unfortunate because I, I keep switching over my main BBM to my passport, so I can start actually using BBM on Blend. 
Um, and I'm also trying to force myself to use the keyboard on the Passport more to get used to it. But whenever I switch over my BBM, I end up just using Blend to speak to everyone, and then I realize I'm ignoring my Passport. Um, it's, it's so convenient in the sense of where I can have multiple conversations going on. I could be working on you know websites, and I can still hold a conversation without having to take my hands off the mouse and keyboard. Um, it's just so convenient in that regard because I literally sit at my computer all day. That's where I work, and that's you know how I can talk to people. So I think Blend really is a huge, huge thing, and it's almost not even going to matter necessarily down the road what device you even get from BlackBerry as long as you get a BlackBerry because Blend lets your entire device really be on any computer or laptop or tablet that you're using. So it, it really has a lot of promise, and I, it's been working great for me. Definitely promising to hear, especially, again, they brought this before Apple brought it into market, and they brought it cross-platform. It's not you got to tie yourself in thousands of dollars into our ecosystem just to get some of the features. It's open, ubiquitous, and it kind of follows the trend of what BlackBerry's been doing with Bez opening it up to other you know, MDM, uh, MDM providers and other devices, and as well with BBM going across device. Just interesting to see the service evolution for BlackBerry, and that's something we'll touch on as we move into a discussion about the earnings call. Um, this is a really positive earnings call from them. Uh, they beat the street by a lot. They were expecting a 16 cent loss per share, and it was like about 2 cents a loss per share. So just really fantastic work from them. Normalized catches with only 36 million in the quarter. This is phenomenal. To, a company of this scale to be only spending in, on cash on hand of $36 million compared to $255 million last quarter is unheard of. And it's really cool to see that Chen just has this execution strategy in place to really drive home what BlackBerry needs. This is a lean, lean fighting machine. Any of you guys that look at the earnings call or check the stock as it started going up, I think it went up about 4% after the news. Really cool to see. Yeah, I definitely gave it a look. Um, and I mean, it's it's like a proud moment for BlackBerry, you know, because they they're looking at like this is like the first like official like we're out of the red finally, you know what I'm saying? Like even with you know the the small miss, um, it's it's a good sign for them, you know what I'm saying? They can look back and be like, you know what, from where we were literally last year to this point this year is a complete 180. And, you know, it's right now, it's it's merely uh, about consolidation and what they've done in the last couple months. Um, and, and bringing the company around and, and just really kind of, uh, you know, essentially trimming the fat, you know, getting rid of just the excess and really just focusing on what they have, um, really putting uh, a lot of the energy towards the enterprise, and it's, it's paying off. Um, also, they've been smart with the devices, uh, and, and what you see them doing, not really necessarily trying to push all, you know, these devices here and there. They're finding their markets, they're taking specific devices, they're placing them there, and allowing, you know, the people to uh, pretty much do it, do their end of uh, the business, and that's go out and purchase it. You give them a reasonable price point, you give them an OS that is, uh, you know, provide security, uh, good messaging, and as far as productivity, you have it all in one. You're pretty much giving everyone that they need in one shot. So, They've done a good turnaround with that. So you're just really starting to see a huge turnaround. So with the next earnings call, it's going to be everything that we've been waiting to see for the, like the last two years now. So 
I'm really excited about what BlackBerry is doing, and I'm just hoping to see more of it, especially in terms of the innovation. Yeah, I mean, there there were a few oh. things that were interesting that that Chen brought up. For instance, were you guys expecting him to go and say right off the bat, you know, we we sold two hundred thousand passports so far, and that's oh, like a yeah, day after. Like, I, I wasn't expecting to hear numbers nah, like, nah, like that. So. Yeah, and then following that up, I think the next day or just later that day, he also said that this alone, he's confident that um, to start working on a passport too. It's like these are some really big things to say yeah. so early in the day, um, yeah. and that that was that was just extremely surprising to me. And that's something that kind of sat with me, um, just yeah. above all the results and everything. But not to mention, he also. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh, so good. I, I was just going to say, in regards to Chen mentioning, you know, the, the possibility of actually getting a secondary version, you know, of the passport, it's because it, he's listening. I mean, that's one of the key things that that a lot of people are, tend to overlook. This is a it's a very different company. It's a very different setup now, with, where they indeed are listening to everybody, all of their loyal fans. They've actually been taking a, taking it to heart, and they know that some some people don't necessarily like the the complete design of it. It is a little awkward at first. It is tough to get used to for some. But the next variation of that, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tweaks to it. There's going to be a lot of those bits that they do take to heart and they listen. And they're going to wind up trying to get that to the best appeal to everybody. And I right. think it's going to be something that really takes takes yeah. us to another level. Yeah. Definitely. I, definitely. I was, I was, I was going to say if, if you think about 10.3 and uh, the earnings call together, it really solidifies the company is like if you look at the employee employee numbers, uh, employee numbers. Sorry, it's it BlackBerry's back to how they were way back in like let's say 2007. Or they're a smaller company, so 200,000 phones is actually a lot considering how many they employ, right? Um, and when you take a look at the earnings call in 10.3, it solidifies them. Like it's so much easier to sell a device when the company's stable and your operating system stable, you know. When they released the Z10, things weren't were on shaky grounds. But yeah. now with the passport release, everything's set and there's a future, right? There, there's an end goal and, and and everybody's starting to see that and when I talk to people, especially in stores, you know, they're hoping for Blackberry to come back, you know. And I think that's a real good sign that Blackberry's on their way back already to you know, getting back to the top. So, 100%. I'm loving the earnings call, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to be coming up with a nice big earnings call in the next next one or two quarters. I'm pretty sure. Well, absolutely. I mean, you got the uh, the classic coming out. We already know who that's geared to, right? So that's that's kind of a that's kind of like a sect of a group of, of people that are definites. You can put them on lock. Those are the guys mm -hmm. that they want those types of devices. And they wouldn't go to, to BlackBerry 10 without those additions. And that's oh, yeah. something that's really huge. And that's going to make such a big difference for this next coming earnings call. Yeah. You guys are going to be surprised. Uh, my bad. I'll just say one more thing. Don't be surprised if the Passport sells, I mean, the Classic sells more than the Passport. No, I wouldn't be surprised actually, at all. No. There, there's actually a lot of people waiting for the Classic. You would not believe. It, it's crazy. It's no, pretty crazy. Absolutely. It's, it's an improved Q10. But it does provide those those hybrid features between the two operating systems and those legacy devices in BlackBerry 10, and and still, you know, people are gonna take they're gonna take their time with trying to get acclimated with that new form factor. You know, it's it's kind of like a shock factor right now, right? They're, yeah. They they see this big blocky device, but it's it's a powerhouse. It's a beast, and it's really made 
for like what Darius was saying, it's for productivity. It's not really for one-handed use. You can if you're skilled enough. You know, there are some of us who, who may be able to do that. But uh, it's, it's definitely a two-handed device that's going to get you moving through the day. Yeah. I, I, one, another thing that Chen um, recently mentioned as well is he said he wants to get back to uh, the vertical side of devices. So I, it's, it's a slight hint at, you know, a full-touch, you know, device that's going to come here in uh, soon in the future because it's obvious that this past year has been focused on the physical keyboard, um, transitioning those uh BBOS, you know, legacy device users to BB10 with the Classic um, and those who want to get work done with the Passport. Um, and as Ronald said, I mean, it's not going to be a surprise at all if the Classic does do more numbers than the Passport does. Honestly, if you look at it, it's one, it's at a cheaper price point. Uh, two, uh, you're, you're getting a great device at that. I mean, you're not necessarily getting, you know, uh, lower level type of device, you know, so so to speak, like the Z3, it's nothing of that nature. You're getting a great device. You're getting good quality with the device. So for the amount of um, money you're going to pay for it, you're going to get a whole lot in your hand. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, not to mention that it's going to be launching with 10.3.1. So that's the upper side that it's coming with the, you know, most optimized and latest OS that BlackBerry has delivered. Um, and not only that, though, what I do like to see that just because the passport has done 200,000, uh, you know, pre-orders and sales, so to speak, in two days, that's pretty amazing. That's speaking volume. So in a couple more months, when we do, I don't want to say a couple more months, but in a month or two with the with the classic launch, you're looking at somewhere, I hope we're looking at around a million devices sold of the passport, which is pretty reasonable and not far-fetched for the simple fact that it will be open on more carriers and more markets. Um, so it, it's something that we're going to be seeing. And just having the classic launch on top of that is a lot more leverage for BlackBerry. So very, very excited just to see what they have going in. And in terms of the innovation, he's talking of innovation. He's not just saying devices. He says innovation with our devices. So he knows that the form factor of the passport has caught a lot of eyes. And people are, whether they want to say it or not, they're anxious to see what BlackBerry has next because they know that the Passport is the most innovation we have seen since the first iPhone. Now, I don't want to even say this first iPhone. We can go back as the first Note because innovation isn't just terms of uh, technology, but size has a lot to do with it. This width and not just a capacitive keyboard, just the width is innovation itself because it's something that people don't see, and that's the wider picture. So it's a good thing we can see with BlackBerry. <laughs> I see what you did there, Darius. I see what you did there. <laughs> I, it's also interesting when we talk about Apple. Wow, you're freezing up there, brother. The device ha is polarizing. It's, as you said, very wide, very you know eye-catching. And that's something that BlackBerry needs right now. They need to show off. They need to kind of go boldly into their own direction. They've got to sell into it. And it's, it's just great to see them kind of believing in themselves, believing in their vision, and being unabashedly certain about what they want to do. You know, this is a device that's not for everyone. We get that. We acknowledge it. You know, why they sent it out to tech bloggers, I, I don't know, because this isn't a device for them. It's great, yeah, they're, they're getting the coverage, but, you know, the people at the Verge, the people at Engadget, it's not necessarily the kind of people who this device is built for. This is This should be put in the hands of doctors and lawyers and, you know, real, real business type CEOs and executives because this is a device for them. 
And Jubei, who could not make it today, does have a huge editorial coming on this same topic. And he calls out some names. He throws some fire. So that'll be definitely a good one to see. That should fire <coughs> off maybe tomorrow morning. Looking forward to it. Goodness. If I can get around, if I can get around to that. <laughs> but I do want to talk just a little bit more about the earnings and just some of the soft numbers here. Uh, cash investment balance stayed at about 3.1 million. It went up uh, 3.1 billion, excuse me, up 11 million from the prior quarter. As I had mentioned earlier, normalized cash use was 36 million, which is just phenomenal. On the gap, they actually reported a small profit on the non-gap. Hardware software, they're cutting even about 46-46. Chen does expect that those revenues are going to continue to slide on the, on the services side, but they hope that you know, new devices are going to help make up for that. And again, with Blend and a lot of the other stuff that they're doing there, that, that should you know continue to increase for them. Easy Pass program for Enterprise has seen great uptake, a total of 3.4 million licenses. This is nearly threefold up from the previous quarter. And 25% of those total licenses are from some of their competitors. So that's really great. A quarter of the people coming over to Bez 10 are coming over from other MBM platforms. So, you know, back to black. You know, back to BlackBerry. It does seem like they're coming. Even BBM saw an uptick from 85 million active monthly users to 91 million monthly active users. Again, great just to see uptick all across the board for the company. You, you see growth. You see health. And I think that's really important right now at this stage. There's still a little bit more to go, but Chen's making every bit of execution necessary that we can continue moving forward. And I'm just super impressed thus far. Uh, we do, Matthew did hop into uh, the group. How are you doing today, Matthew? Doing fine. I just got on late, had a late start to the day, but I'm doing okay now. Um, so the fiscal results, yeah, um, super surprising. You know, not so much for me, but definitely... Definitely progress, and it's a really good thing. Chen stated that he would at least make the company profitable, at least in its mobile business, or its mobile technologies unit, by the start of the next fiscal year. So it that looks would, like he's, that would be by March, I believe. The next fiscal year starts in March of 2016. So, yeah, so I think they're on track. Time. I definitely think that they're on track to hit that. And as well, we saw that hardware revenues actually increased from yeah. 370 million to 417. That's a pretty nice bump, and I, and I know Matthew's favorite device, the Z3, probably has a lot to do with that. Again, they're, they're working diligently on all fronts, software, security, and I got super impressed with the progress thus far. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to touch on in regard to the fiscal earnings report? Yeah, I, Any I other wanted notes? to mention with the, the growth in the BBM um, you know, active user kind of a 75, 25%, 75% being with uh, those Windows users and, and the other 25 being from Z3 uh, uh, buyers. And, um, you know, just from a simple fact that a lot of them were probably new to BlackBerry. Well, I don't want to say a lot of them, but, you know, a majority of uh, those that are on Windows buying, I mean, uh, downloading BBM and those purchasing Z3s, uh, probably made a transition from the legacy devices to uh, BB10 devices. So that's why I say a 75-25 in terms of that uh, growth. Um, and then you got to probably put in like a small like 2 to 3% of iOS and Android users as well. So that's going to be constant. And, but it's good to see that there is growth right there with BBM still. Um, 
and yeah. with channels kind of evolving, especially with blend, I think in the next fiscal year, you're going to see that kind of start really jumping a whole lot. It's, it's interesting. BlackBerry across this last year has seeded a lot of ideas. You know, they've got BBM, they've got channels, they've got their Bez, they have QNX, they've got Project Ion. There's a lot of stuff kind of stewing. Right. Like they're working yeah. toward it. And, and as we see the cohesion and, and you know the, the melting pot kind of start to churn with Chen at the, uh, at the helm, BlackBerry's really going to be advancing on a lot of their services to build them and integrate them together. So, for instance, Chen did mention BBM Money, BBM Meeting, and BBM Protected are in the pipeline for expansion this year. You imagine BBM money, BBM channels, a channel like Amazon, let's say, that I may be able to use BBM money to buy something directly off Amazon's BBM channel. So again, just the ingrainment of their assets all across the board. You know, people people neglect to mention that you know the Visa networking server software. When you swipe your credit card, it's a server that's run by a QNX system. They run the entire foundation of that intranet. So again, powerful kind of things that they can connect to their project ION. Chris, are you interested in to see where BlackBerry may take the Internet of Things, and where would you like to see their focus? Well, I mean, it's just it's amazing what they've done so far with what they have with BBM. But I would just love to see a little more focus in promoting, you know, the channels product. I just like you said, combining it all with the Internet of Things is just they're heading in that right direction. I was going to say something. Go for it. All right, sweet. So it's actually pretty funny because uh, I don't know if he mentioned during the court, uh, the earnings or afterwards, but he said they're hiring 350 engineers. And Samsung just announced that they're moving, I believe, 500 engineers to their IoT plans. <laughs> so you can see where companies are trying to aim for and there's a lot of things that are going on in the back end that we don't even know about. We have no idea what's going to come out, but I think next year is going to be a, a big year for IoT. So, um, and, and it's, it's a, it's a multi-tiered thing as well. You know, they need Apple and Samsung on the consumer side of the Internet of Things to you know be the portals to connect into it. And BlackBerry can really be the foundational you know, back end of that to really kind of like connect and ingrain some of that. I mean, when you look at Apple Pay right now, you know, when it comes out, you're, when you are sending and tapping, there's QNX and BlackBerry working in the background of that payment. So even if it's not directly, you know, you're using a BlackBerry or using any kind of BlackBerry software, there still is a server on the back end that is being run by BlackBerry software. So they're in it. They're definitely in the game, and it's going to be interesting to see again how they leverage that across the vertical markets. Do we need to see a BlackBerry refrigerator? Hell no. But will <laughs> a Samsung refrigerator connected to I can tell you what, what I'd like to see, but without going so far out into like refrigerators and a lot of these regular household appliances, I mean, I get all that. Um, you know, maybe security systems. I mean, Android is running some things for security systems for a certain company that which I may or may not work for. But, you know, it's just it's just one of these things where I feel they should hone in a little bit more on these devices because that is still their bread and butter, right? You know, and I understand they're doing software and a lot of other avenues, but I was speaking with, with uh, Darius a little while ago on, on BBM, and I think one of the big things they can do to really get these devices moving and this entire platform moving 
is really a, that that kind of creative suite from even Adobe. Some people may laugh; they think they're they're dead in the water. It's not just Flash. We're talking about a legitimate suite that has gone cloud-based, and they're going to really really define a lot of what's going on in this type of business. And and I think that the software is capable, the hardware is certainly capable. The need is there, and the people are there for productivity. I mean, these it's a perfect time for that kind of a a uh, you know some kind of a, a bond or whatever you want to call it. There's some kind of partnership that would be pretty interesting to see coming coming around this way. And there's so there's so many you know partnerships and things like that that could be built upon. No, I absolutely agree. They need to kind of tap into some of the creative side and bring some of those enterprising minds back into the fray for BlackBerry. So I, I totally agree with you there. In the Internet of Things, with with a passport type device, I can kind of see them building on, on some other kind of foundational type devices and hardware that kind of expand into the Internet of Things. So I know Matthew and I were talking about perhaps a dummy tablet that essentially just accepts blends and maybe has an enhanced experience. Alex, I want to direct this at you. Is there anything particular that you'd like to see BlackBerry move forward? I mean, I'd like them to see maybe my M1 Fuse concept brought to life. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's this whole idea of, like, a terminal base where it's kind of like, yeah, like a dumb screen that that's literally just a screen that you just go over there, dock your phone into, and it works off of that. But it seems like even BlackBerry is trying to take that a step further where why not just have it run off of Wi-Fi or even your network? So it's like... If you can essentially have your, your phone connected to a network and have Blend on your computer, you can literally have your phone left at your house, go over to someone's screen, log into Blend, and then the, the lifting is done on the phone. Um, as, and that's all that Blend really is. Your phone is doing everything, pretty much, and it's sending the signal over to Blend. So it, I, I can see the potential where that can lead to. And I think that's really going to be the future. BlackBerry just needs to develop Blend more and more and turn it, slowly turn it into an OS without getting too crazy. And I think that could be really, really huge. I, I think that'll be exactly where they take it, man. I think right now what's good about Blend is that it's not, as you said, tied to an OS. This is something they can update independent of the DB10 OS. So it's really powerful for them. They can have their own kind of update schedule, kind of like BBM that it runs on its own train tracks. Same with Blend. They have probably development teams that are solely focused on Blend. Matthew, what did you want to toss in? Do you guys remember uh, Motorola three or four years ago released the Moto Motorola Atrix 4G, which had that optional uh, oh, yeah. laptop dock? Yeah, you the thumb. You, yeah, you ever see that maybe BlackBerry going forward with the concept of, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily a dummy tablet, but maybe a dummy netbook or a, a laptop that connects into, like, BBM solutions using the BlackBerry as sort of the hub of it? Like, Matthew, kind of like, I, Matthew, have you seen the M1 Fuse? No, 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 I have, I have, I have, but maybe not being necessarily an extension of the BBM, like, of the BlackBerry 10 desktop, but maybe just being a, sort of a more integrated experience with QNX, like, QNX-based services. You know, it, it could tie into Blend, but at the same time, it could also tie into an additional, like, you know, depending on if you have an IT need, it can connect to, like, embedded servers or that, those sort of things. That can make it sort of more of a, a niche device where BlackBerry is kind of at its strongest already. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I want to say about a year and a half ago, you know, BlackBerry had said, I, I, when, when Thorson was still 
there, you know, that they eventually they, they said that they wanted to start focusing on software-based products. And Blend is the first solidified software, uh, you know, product that they're putting out there to the public. And you're mm-hmm. going to see them branch off of and continue to just build more upon. Um, they they understand that Cunix is the most compatible, uh, you know, operating system amongst other OEMs to build on as well. That you also see with uh, you know the CarPlay with iOS and uh, you know what Microsoft has done with Ford and things of that nature. They're all built on. Well, I'm, I'm not sure about um, about Ford and, and Microsoft with Ford, but I know iOS is built upon you know the Cunix. So you have to look at it like a lot of these other companies are going to build on it, and they know that they, in terms of them to really make a profit from Cunix, that they have to put it out there in those terms for other you know competitors to use it. So they're going to start opening and they're going to start entering the market in that sense, um, especially you know just as I mentioned, all software products. I really, I really feel like the next tablet we will see is going to not just be. It's going to be a lot what um, Brandon had mentioned last week, and it's pretty much just going to be a blend-based tablet. Um, you know, something like a Chromebook, but it's just going to allow you to not only have you know blend running as the OS, so to speak, but you know, you know, uh, pretty much bridge your phone over to it, be able to do everything on your phone on that tablet and things of that nature. I think it's going to be the next thing for them in terms of a tablet space, but the software uh, products is where they're really headed towards. Because they know... What I was, no, okay, go ahead. What I was thinking with the M1 Fuse was that it was, it seemed to just been more of a, exactly what the Motorola Atrix was, was just, just an extension of the phone to the, to, the, to the netbook or whatever. But what I was thinking was with this dummy tablet, it was that in addition to more blend integration, yeah, you would get that more, instead of getting a whole BB10 experience, you would get a more focused, concise work environment that wouldn't just necessarily tie into just the work environment of blends, but in addition to, like, depending on, like, what kind of server structures or kind of, like, sort of environments that you're in, it would have very specialized sort of key focuses that you can plug into, you can connect to different servers and different services of the like, so that way it could have a more rounded out usability as opposed to just being a strictly corporate work device, but more of a practical application of stuff in different sort of environments, like in like engineering or computer science, just that sort of thing. See, I, I, I'm kind of thinking this in a different way. Because, I mean, you're bringing up the idea of BlackBerry developing a, a tablet or a dummy tablet, but who's to say that they even care about getting into the tablet space at all? I mean, what they're doing right now is they're developing Blend, so it works on iPads, any Android tablet. Like, they don't want to build actual software. What they want to do is sell you the phone, because for Blend to work, you need a BlackBerry 10 device. That's, like, the one right. thing that you need. So yeah. rather than having the Apple mentality saying, buy our BlackBerry 10 device, and now buy our tablet, and then pair them together, they should really just try and focus on saying, you can get this awesome experience on whatever tablet you have. You don't have to buy a new tablet. You can just use the current tablet, and sure, maybe in the future they could develop their own kind of option, but I think it would be smart for them to not even deal with that, because then people might even get confused, like, oh, do I need to buy a BlackBerry tablet, and like, do I need to buy the Playbook, and then have to get uh, a BlackBerry 10 device in order to get everything out of blend. I think they just need to push the phone and as long as they can start selling hardware, phone hardware, simply for people wanting to use blend. Or, you know, blend could be its own standalone thing. If it's tied to your BlackBerry ID, who's to say someone can't use BBM and not even have, you know, BBM on blend and not even have, you know, a phone 
a BlackBerry 10 phone, like that could possibly be something that they might it's, be looking into, but they, I don't know. You're so right, Alex. I mean, think about it right, right, right now. <laughs> does, does BBM exist on desktop? No, but it does if you have a BlackBerry device. <laughs> blend. You know, it's kind of like a, a Catch-22 with them. They don't want to sell you all the services without you buying the phone, but they also want you to buy the phone while selling you the services. I think we'll see Blend kind of move toward the enterprise on a subscription base. You got to think as you got to think as well. If I'm a developer, which I'm not, but I'm a, let's say I'm an enterprise developer and I want to be able to build my service into Blend, BlackBerry may be able to charge a subscription for you to build it into the corporate infrastructure that's already in place. And again, this is something that can go directly into the enterprise without having to go through a VPN, without that added connection step, because the device is already authorized. Again, it's just projecting that over. You can imagine really like people like Dropbox, maybe SAP building some apps that are blend connected. Adobe. Adobe. <laughs> hey, you never know. And and with a dummy tablet like with what Matthew's brought up, then you pull out your stylus and then you can really expand upon that kind of productivity. So Chris, what did you want to toss in? I just had a question: Is if they were to open this up with Bez, do you think that down the line, I know it's still very early in life, uh, the life cycle of Blends, but be able to use it on iOS, on Android, down the line, do you see that that can move in that direction, or do you think it's really going to just stick with just BlackBerry, you know, BlackBerry devices to kind of build this off of? I think, I think for at least the foreseeable future, they're going to keep it tethered to a BlackBerry. So you may have an iPad or Android right now that can connect with Blend, but they still want you to have either, you know, at the very least, you got to have BBM. I think the BBID is going to be key for this kind of connection. Now, yeah. in the future, in the future, would I, would I want an Apple device to be able to connect and kind of have a BlackBerry-like experience? I think that could be pretty cool, to be quite honest. Is it a service value proposition for them now? Perhaps not. Maybe yeah. that's something you can charge an Apple or, or Android user in the future. It's a okay. subscription model. Yeah, I was thinking that would just be basically on a Bez model, not anything on the consumer side that could come into play. You know, that's, that's a good point because they have the secure workspace already, so you could kind of feed that through. You have your iPhone already and be able to connect with it. That's, that's a very good point. I honestly, I, uh, I don't use any email clients. I pretty much use the browser. But I think Blend will actually kind of be a desktop outlook for me, a little bit yeah. more more robust in some senses because I can move files from BBM in there and do all that as well. Do you do you guys think that Blend will be able to grow and really take over some of what we already are using on desktop, or do you think it's going to be more of a niche service offering from them? Yeah, I think it's going to grow faster than channels. To be honest with you, I mean that it's already there, right? You have access to all your files on your current daily type of drivers, right? So it's it's probably going to be the one that gets catered to before channels is even, you know, even it's in its novice stage. <laughs> you know, right now it's it's still to me in an alpha stage. It's very very early with channels, and they have so much work to do to really get that up and running. To and ch uh, channels to is so ghetto. Channels is so ghetto, but I, but I love it. You know? <laughs> It's got so much potential, though. Like I, I, I love it to death, and I hate it with all of my existence at the same time. You know, it's it's, it's so so crazy and, and just polarizing, and how good and how bad it is. It's uh, goodness, man. I, I'm just waiting for for these next bits of refinements to really just pick it up. I, I, I I'm not having a point right now. BBM channels is a private mobile social network. 
but I honestly would like channels at the very least to have a web presence. And I, and I don't know how that plays across the whole strategy that they're going for right now. But I would love to be able to link to a channel on the web, you know, on, post it on Facebook, post it on Twitter, and, you know, you can yeah. view it in some kind of sense on the web. But are you, like, I think this is what Blend is for. I'm, I'm, like, they could go and just make it another social network that's on the web or link to the web. But I think they're really trying to show this is going to be the first social network built within Blend. And I think they're gonna, this is like an experiment of theirs and a way to differentiate themselves. And right now, sure, that kind of makes it only for people who have BlackBerry 10 devices because that's all they can use Blend right now. But I'm assuming the next step of Blend, when they do want to make it more open source, anyone who has a BlackBerry ID will be able to log in and at least use BBM and then Channels. And at that point, if, if Channels could become big enough, people actually download Blend so they can access their BBM and they'll get Channels. And they'll actually they'll be linked together rather than opening up a new tab to go to Channels and their browser. They'll already be within Blend. BBMing their buddies on their computer, and they could check out channels real quick if they want. Like, I don't know. I hear you. I think you're right. I mean, it, that's that's one of the, the parts where I'm mentioning it. it's going to be, you know, more quickly developed than channels already because it's just it's already there. It's it's in your hands as we speak. Did you notice that like not much of the media? <laughs> Did you notice though that like not a lot of the media has been talking about Blend? They've been talking a lot about the passport, but. I don't understand. feel like they even gave it a, a they, I don't think they even tried it out. Like they, they probably don't understand it and, and that that's also gonna speak volumes for just how how much of, of that shot factor I was talking about before with the just the entire design style of that device. The passport is it's in a league of its own and it's just that key productivity tool that people are just looking at. Like, well do we love it? Do we hate it? What what are we doing with this? Let's 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 see what it has. Okay, well it's it's definitely got specs. We can't complain about that. We can't shoot that down. It looks absolutely beautiful and stunning. Okay, we can't really shoot that down either. It's awkward, sure. Oh, but it is a two-handed device, and it's made for a certain thing. You know, they, they can't really shoot it down. They don't know where to go with it. They're trying hard, though. <laughs> they just can't get it. Yeah. What is the... What other stuff do we have? In line before we just ramble about how awesome the passport well, I think, is. Uh, I know Matthew yeah. wanted to, to touch base well, in regards to. Uh, Darius was going to dip out actually, so. Okay. Flash that device for us, D, and you have a great rest of your night. I know you got an early, early start for yourself tomorrow morning. He's still on mute right now, so he's probably he's he's using Blend. It's finally working for him. On his no, mind. I got you guys. I got you guys. It's, uh, uh, it's it. right here. Um, and what I want to do is I actually want to. Before I get out of here, <laughs> if I can do like a quick uh, uh, share screen um, and show you guys just blends over real quick um, for those who kind of haven't seen it. I'll lock it on to you. Screen yeah. share on the left and go for it. Okay. So essentially this is blends right here. Uh, blend. Uh, everyone puts an S on it. <laughs> but uh, you know here you have your SMS, uh, BBM here. Uh, you see your email, this is your hub, essentially your hub is going to take you to pretty much everything you'll see on your BlackBerry 10 device. Um, and it'll go back to the home screen, and you can also see here at the bottom you have your choices with BBM, uh, text messages, you know, essentially back right to the hub, your calendar, contacts, and your file manager, which is pretty cool. So you can see a little bit of everything, what you get to do, and you can choose from pretty much everything. It's going to take you, take you 
throughout the OS. And it's it's very convenient. It's very good. And it's easier to do it instead of, you know, kind of swiping throughout the phone and going back. I mean, it could be faster for some. Others uh, not. In, I mean, but on the computer, it could be faster as well. Um, you can see here a little bit of pretty much I got junk all over this. Childish Gambino! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, and it, and it loads rather fast. I'm, I'm pretty shocked by this. I can't even lie. Um, just the speed that it has in terms of the device and just navigating around with it. So um, this is an excellent program, great software that they're doing. I mean, just looking at it, um, I'm not a huge fan of the UI, I guess specifically for the Mac. It's just very very simple, kind of plain, but I want to see more of a complexity to it. You know, I would love to see a browser function. That would be awesome. So to kind of see a, more of a desk, you know, desk, <laughs> you can see the instant. You know, notifications there at top too. That's that's pretty <laughs> awesome. But um, no, I I really can't wait to see this. You know, I really can't wait to see this. You know, evolve more. Just I know what they're gonna do within the next year with Blend is gonna be an amazing thing. And what BlackBerry is going towards uh, with Blend is uh you know, in terms of the possibilities of innovation, is pretty much endless. So. I'm going to stop sharing now because these guys are going to start putting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> way too much fun. Everything's just like, my, my, my nose is going to be It's instant, and that's what's really cool about it, that it's, uh, it's just, you know, right to your device, same kind of experience that you have on the device mirrored over to the computer. Anyway, and more, so, more so, you know, give a good resting format, right? Yeah. All right. It, it's an educational format with that, too, right, for those, those users on those other devices. You know, if you're going to use Blend, you go on your Mac, you're looking at these other options, and it's going to teach you how to use a BlackBerry device with BlackBerry 10. It's that same kind of process. You're looking right at it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, the, silent, it's the silent attack from BlackBerry. I'm loving it. And, it, you know, at first I didn't really like the dashboard when it was shown off in beta, um, but there's a perfect example that you guys just saw when if you're watching um, the actual video where he's on the BlackBerry Blend dashboard, so it has his emails, his BBM, SMS, whatever, and then you see our, our messages updating in real time, and you were glimpsing at it, and that was, we weren't even within the BBM app, if that's what you want to call it, within Blend. It was just from the dashboard, and you're actually able to get a quick view of the recent messages from the last four people, um, and I think it's, it's cool for information at a quick glance, and then if you had a calendar in there, you'd see all of his appointments, and I've been using that feature a lot um, just to manage my five or six calendars. I'm not even really going to Google um, Apps for Business to edit my calendar. It's just, it's, Blend is great. I'm loving it. Ba -da -ba -ba -da. Uh, and Matt, did you want to escape <laughs> a little bit on that, uh, on that SMS 2.0? You were, you were looking at that in the chat here? Oh man, I can't wait to talk about that. I don't even know if Matthew knows what, the, what we were even talking about. Nah, he but, came uh, in. Oh no, no. Uh, what I know about SMS 2.0 is that it's it's some oh god, it's something to do with BBM. And if I'm wrong on that, then I forfeit. I can forfeit <laughs> all knowledge on it. Well, I agree. Put out an announcement <laughs> saying that they're working with open relationships with the carriers to allow them to offer their own SMS-based platform that is more or less BBM. It's branded as messages, so essentially they're going to be able to upgrade their SMS experience natively using the BBM infrastructure. So imagine standard text messages with the read, the, the, the R, the D delivered in the same kind of presence that we have on BBM, but stripped of the branding. 
what BlackBerry benefits from this is that it runs partly on their infrastructure, and as well, they're able to serve different kinds of content through it. You can imagine sponsored invites and things that we've seen already inside of PDM. So definitely just a couple cool things that they're doing there, and they're focusing right now on offering this in markets where BlackBerry already has a decent footprint. So we're talking South Africa, Malaysia, Indonesia, even perhaps in the UK, uh, carriers may get on board. They haven't announced any partners officially, but they have announced publicly that this is something they're heading toward, and I'll try to get a post up on it on Barry Now, now they said it was essentially identical to BBM. Isn't that the words that they, the phrase that they use in there? It was identical to right. BBM, just without the name yeah. on it. Um, yeah. So does this actually mean that everybody's getting their secure messaging? Yeah, I mean, essentially it'll be like they're using SMS, and what, it's not going to really be called SMS, it's going to be called a messenger app or whatever, just like messenger, and they're really, you know, just using that, and it's really BBM on the back end, whether they know it or not. Um, I, I just want to speak about why this is important, what this even, like, means. So you can look at all of these current options for the instant messaging. There's WhatsApp, there's Facebook Messenger, there's Google Chat slash Hangout. There's all these big competitors up there, even BBM, okay? But everyone is working around the carrier. What what these platforms are are to avoid SMS from the character the carrier. So like if I'm in Canada and someone's in the US and someone else is in the UK, all three of us could use BBM and it doesn't cost us a cent. But if we were to get start SMSing each other, then the carrier is going to be hitting us with a 50 cent charge per message, and it's absurd. So the carriers were making so much money from this, um, and the biggest problem with that is now with these platforms getting bigger and bigger and more prominent, then the carriers are losing out on money because less people are using SMS, more people are using their Wi-Fi and their, their data to send messages instead. So BlackBerry says, hey, instead of avoiding the carrier like everyone else, why don't we actually use this as an advantage and do some profit sharing, try and make a partnership with the car carrier and upgrade SMS to be a BBM SMS. So rather than, they're now going to be the only one of these competitors working with the carrier instead of against it. So when you're talking about a carrier who's losing billions of dollars from people switching over from SMS to these other platforms, if BlackBerry makes an awesome partnership, they could get really, really, really quick users on BBM and they can tailor the experience and they don't care if they're profit sharing with carriers because this gives them a huge resource to potentially get, you know, billions of people using BBM without them even knowing it. Um, I'm so excited for the possibility of this. Imagine someone gets a phone and they're SMSing. They don't even realize that they have a BBM account. They're using BBM. Like, how crazy is that? I'm interested to see exactly how it would be that the carriers would be making money off of that. You know, as they, a they explained a few. There's different there's an extra added on to there's ads and stuff as well that they want to input just like in your feed kind of a thing, and they have ads. Yeah. I'm pretty uh -huh. sure they want to add that in as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I mean, I, we, I mean, as we all know, I mean, the the reason why they keep you know going away from the regular SMS as far as you know customers and all. Is, is simply because, yes, they can go on Wi-Fi and they can do this, but then the carriers counteracted that with, okay, well, now we're just going to hike up your data plans and then you're going to pay this much more. And you know, <laughs> th there you go. They do away with the unlimited data plans for most of the carriers, and you get, uh, you know, it's just that long, that constant circle. It's going right back around. Yeah. So they're, they're playing uh, cat and mouse right now. Yeah. Jimbo's silly's baby. 
<laughs> that's that's too <laughs> No, there's definitely just a lot of cool things coming from BlackBerry. I still feel like we're we're in a waiting period right now. You know, as I look back at uh at kind of the, the expanse of what BlackBerry has done across this year, it's just exciting to see a management structure in place that is actually working. You know, I, I, there's a lot of times where we're like, well, what is this? What are these management structures doing? What are all these bloat VPs actually doing for the company? And right now we see that almost every card that BlackBerry has is on the table and in play. It's really cool, again, that they're leveraging themselves across the board to make it happen for them. I mean, we've seen two acquisitions thus far this year. Again, solid, solid announcements on those two acquisitions, essentially scooping up those startups and we're going to see that and evolve with their service offerings into the next year. And right now it is a waiting game. Our first episode of Upstream was titled Hope Springs Eternal. And as we close this kind of first uh, first quarter, so to speak, you know, I think the hope is here. And, and we're really going to look forward to a lot more as this comes. Um, did you guys want to remark on anything else before we close it out here? I know we've been going for a little bit over an hour. Yeah, one more thing. Um... There's a good point that Chen brought up during the uh, during the launch of um, the Passport, and uh, it's a good selling technique, at least I'm using it, uh, and it's the fact that when uh, we didn't really touch BlackBerry Assistant, but uh, for Google Now, I believe, and Siri, any business user who wants to use Siri or Google Now and try to access their content that's secured in a containment, on their device. Right, right. So say I want to to find oh wh when am I scheduled to meet this person? Uh, it's not able to access that content. And the big difference between uh, the com competition in BlackBerry is BlackBerry Assistant's able to access both your work and your personal side. That's some that's pretty huge if you think about it. Siri's huge, Google Now's huge, but you're not able to access your content from your business side. I mean, that doesn't. There goes half the phone right there. So yo, Siri uh, sucks. Siri can't yeah, even turn exactly. off a freaking flashlight. Yeah. Come on. So that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. It's another big plus for customer for business users, I should say. You know, so, Siri's yeah. not not that bad. You know, Luke or uh, I think Lucas he did a side by side comparison of BlackBerry um, assistant, obviously, and then there was Siri, and then who was the other one? I think it was Google Now. No, he didn't have a Cortana device to use. I don't to, but, <laughs> yeah, so I noticed that like he was doing some some basic things and BlackBerry kept coming last and I'm thinking like, okay, so then I watched a different video and I actually turned my speaker volume up and I literally had them it was a Cortana device and it was uh, Siri. So I had them him say the command with my speakers on and I did it at the same time and much of the stuff completed at the exact same time. So I don't know if he was just on a, a a bad Wi-Fi connection, or if he was using 4G, I don't really know what was going on. But uh, the BlackBerry system was actually the, pretty much the same speed for some of the things. Some things it lost on, but then it also, you know, once you start getting more complex, saying, you know, meeting next week at 6 p.m. with Bob about the proposal at, um, you know, Charlie's Bar and Grill, it'll pull all of that, whereas some of the other devices aren't doing that. So when you start seeing these comparisons between the assistants, it's not necessarily just can it say call mom easily. It's really about the more complex things, and that's where BlackBerry Assistant is really standing out there. But no one's even really doing a review of the complex features that BlackBerry Assistant stands out in. 
And here's the thing as well. I mean, Siri's been out for how long? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 need, it has that level of refinement. It's been, it's been listening to you and putting all your information into a database to analyze and refine and make faster for a while now, and Google as well. That's why they're moving into that space, so they can record and learn exactly your user, using habits. Even with the Apple Watch, you know, that thing can track your movements no matter where you are. I mean, you look at the overall scope, it's not only about what the device can offer you, but how that information is going to be used for you. And a lot of times when you're giving your information away and, you know, offering up these search results and different things like that, you do have a security concern. You know, I'm asking about all these private things. I'm saying people's names. I'm saying people's contact information and things like that to my device. You know, there has to be, again, layers of security in place so that the information is going securely. We really have no idea what happens with the data that's being collected. We assume it's not being abused, but we don't, we don't really know at this point. So... At least from my perspective. Yeah, but security I'm, I'm doesn't work. matter. Security doesn't matter, man. You know this? It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Until it's too late. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just like your iPhone doesn't bend until it does. <laughs> <laughs> so what, was the, what was the comment that we wanted to bring in here? Uh, Alex. Yes. I mean, if, if we're kind of summing up, then I wanted to bring up a quick story because um, after... The Toronto event, I, I was probably one of the first few people in the U.S. with a passport. So I went to my local Verizon store because I, I wanted to try and get it up and running on Verizon because it does have the proper bands for Toronto Verizon, but it doesn't have the CDMA bands. But there's this whole thing with it. Anyways, so I went to the store, and initially the guy was kind of like, he wasn't being too helpful. I didn't want to show him the device at all because I'm thinking once they see BlackBerry, they're just going to give me crap, and then they'll be like, it's not in our system. Now it's just going to work. So he said, you know, okay, we'll try and figure this out. I said, I have a nano SIM card. I just want to get it activated. That's all. And they're like, you know, we can't do that. You have to do that in your device. And he said, I spoke to tech support. You know, they said that you guys can do it in store. So anyways, we're kind of arguing back and forth, and then we call up tech support. And as we're waiting for the tech support to call, He's the guy was like, you know, can I just can I see, you know, the the device? And I was like, all right, fine. So I pull it out, and he kind of gets this like laugh on his face, and he's like, can I play with it for a minute? And I was like, sure. So he's kind of like, dude, this thing's so big. He's like laughing. It's like so weird. And then then he slowly starts to warm up to it a little bit. And then I'm showing him how you can like scroll up and down on the on the keyboard and how how the OS worked as a whole. And then all of a sudden he goes, uh, do, do you mind if I take a picture of this? I was like, no, that, that's fine. Um, so then he's playing with it some more, and then he goes and he puts in like the, the Wi-Fi password for Verizon to start using the Internet. He goes to a YouTube video to check it out, and he was starting to kind of get in, engulfed in it a little bit. And then he goes and tells his buddy to come over to check it out. So he walks over, and of course the first reaction his buddy has is he laughs. He's like, that thing, like, what is up with the shape of that or whatever? And then he, he picks it up, and, and he goes and puts it up to his ear, and he's like, you know, this this isn't really that bad. He's like, some of the, the larger, like, tablet phones out there, like, you have to kind of, like, move in position, and it, it just looks totally ridiculous. He's like, this doesn't feel too bad. And then, you know, one of the other Verizon reps comes over and they're like, what the heck is that thing? You know, the first reaction is everyone starts laughing at the phone and the shape of the phone and think it's ridiculous. And then the initial guy that I showed the phone to, he's like, dude, it's actually pretty dope. Like, I'd consider getting it. And this was someone who was laughing at the phone initially. And then upon playing with it and actually being like, I didn't even know Blackbird was really at this point. He's like, he used a Q10 before and he thought that the Passport was actually pretty cool. 
Um, end of the day, could not get it activated on Verizon, sadly. Not too surprising. I tried everything. Um, maybe in the future it'll work, but it was it was pretty interesting to see the reactions because these people hate BlackBerry. And I asked him, I said, why do you guys at Verizon hate BlackBerry so much? And he goes and says, you know, I worked at Sprint before this, and we hate it. And then he's paused for a second. He's like, we didn't really, we weren't big fans of BlackBerry there either. And that's just simply because, you know, not as many people started getting it, and, you know, they're on legacy. And he, was, he had this whole explanation, and I, I'm hoping I changed his mindset a little bit because he was actually considering getting a passport ever checking out. So, I don't know, some food for thought, just reactions from very hard-pressed people on Android and iOS. And, oh, and it's going it's to continue, continue kind of changing, I think, the whole perspective. I think we have a new bold, whether it's called that or not. It's a bold move from BlackBerry to put this device out. Chen made it such a great poignant point at the keynote. He's like, my contribution to this device is that I didn't kill it. Yep. You know? And, and you know, it, it sounds funny, it sounds humorous, but at the same time, he's like, he, he put the faith in this, in this device. And I know internally there was a lot of struggle whether this device should go into market or not. And they're behind it, and again, boldly going into the next horizon, so to speak. Ronell, close it out here for us. Give us that one last bit, and we'll wrap this session up. Yeah, sure. So I was just going to say, um, just on what Alex was saying, it, it's not for everybody. And you know what? Some people look at it, and all the people that I've shown, I won't say too much, but they take a look at it, and then I tell them the specs, and then I show them how it works. And then the first thing that comes out of his mouth, I don't like the size, but I like the keyboard and I like the phone. And BlackBerry is actually stepping up their game. Right? That's that's the number one thing that I hear all the time. It, everybody's surprised. Now, I don't know. It's a successful device to me already, but I mean, there's technologies that's inside of it that BlackBerry doesn't even talk about. They put a lot behind it, and um, hopefully in the future they do more at informing the customer of, of okay, this is what's inside, and this is what we're doing to be more innovative. Um, one of the other things carriers didn't like was during the Z10 launch, there, there was a lot of issues with the operating system, and uh, it caused them havoc because customers come back to the store and say, yo, this is not working. I'm pissed off. I can't get this to work. So um, uh, I, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, the Passport comes with uh, 30 days of free complimentary support, which is a first for BlackBerry. So um, BlackBerry is definitely doing trying to pull all the stops to, to make it successful. I mean, I'm out there trying my hardest, so we're on our way up, so let's do this. That's a, that's a big close for me. Don't call that a comeback, even if it's marketed as one. <laughs> Kevin, I know, you want, I know you want to get this in here. You will be our last comment of the night. Go for it. <laughs> just just to, to add on to what Renaud was saying, it's the them going with that fantastic, you know, and yet very, very odd shape for a device really shows that they are willing to be very bold. They are willing to go beyond their, their comfort zone to try to put out a device that's going to get people's attention. And this is it's a huge, huge step because now it's got us thinking, okay, what's the next step? Where are they going to go now? And, and I'm really intrigued to see where, where they do go next with, with the next iteration of the Passport or how they actually decide to approach that new slider that we keep hearing rumors about. So 
that's that's something I'm very very interested in. It's it's a it's a bright future for BlackBerry. I agree also with what you're saying in regards to where BlackBerry is going. When you see over the last year how, I mean, you take companies like LG with their G Flex, Samsung with the Note Edge, they're just being innovative just to be innovative. This is something that they've, BlackBerry has completely thrown everything, like you said, for this device and to make this work. And it's awesome to see. There it is, clear cut. I mean, this is actual innovation. It's not, you know, it's yeah. not some pandering nonsense that's really no utility. Phone. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. LG's G Flex is like, oh man, Apple, Apple can outsell us now. <laughs> anyway, guys, this is the end of our first season of Upstream. We're definitely going to continue rolling every Sunday with these. Um, we should probably make a season title or something. I'll work on that on the back end. Yeah. As I said, Jubei's got a crazy inflammatory piece coming to Barry Flow uh, soon, so we'll keep an eye out for that. I really appreciate all the support from you guys across these weeks. You know, We've stayed consistent every single week keeping it down. We actually got a great comment from uh, someone on the website, and I just want to read it here as we close. Uh, let me refresh the page so I can read the actual comment. This is from... Sean Burke, I do believe. Just a second. And if you haven't checked out his BBM channel, it's called BB Power. Definitely an awesome BBM channel full of stuff. He says, so we have heard a ton of well-deserved praise for Chen and Blackberry tonight. I would like to now add some for the entire Berry Flow crew. Seriously, you guys have been through the restructuring every step of the way. Not once did you miss a step in bringing the news in a professional, enjoyable, and positive way, be it through your website or even more impressively, the upstreams. All the best, we thank you. So his comment, I say back to all of you. Thank you so much for the support, and we're going to keep yeah. on keeping on. Definitely, thank awesome. you. Absolutely, guys. You have a good rest of your night.